today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. This one who is God, remember, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word, what? Was God. One who is God took upon himself human flesh, popped his tent right next to ours, and hung out with us for about 33 and a half years, and then gave his life as a sacrifice for us. The love God demonstrated for us through Christmas is astounding. As you navigate this time of year with all of its get-togethers and festivities, don't forget Jesus. He should be at the forefront of your mind, really all the time, but especially during this wonderful time of year. As Pastor David will remind us in today's message, God loves you deeply, and none of the short-lived happiness or pleasure that you might experience in this season can compare with the life-changing joy that can be found in trusting in Christ. Now here's Pastor David in the book of Exodus chapter 3 as he continues his message, Christ Before Bethlehem. right now and specifically to the appearances of what's called the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord. There's a few of them that we'll look at tonight. There's there's many in the Old Testament. There's a few of them that we're going to take the time to look at. Genesis chapter 16. Okay, you do have to back up. Genesis 16. This is the story of Hagar. Remember Sarah's handmaid. The handmaid that, again, uh, uh, the, the jealousy of Sarah because, again, they circumvented God's plan. You know that story, the jealousy that came from Sarah because she could not have children. Hagar, her handmaid, had Abraham's child. And so through all of that, this, this jealousy that came. And, and, and so it finally came to that point in verse 6. Abram said to Sarai, Indeed, your maid is in your hand. Do to her as you please. And when Sarai dealt harshly with her, she fled from her presence. In other words, Hagar fled from Sarah's presence. Now, verse 7, now who? The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring of the way of Shur. And he said, he spoke to her, Hagar, Sarai's maid, Where have you come from, and where are you going? She says, I'm fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarai. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit under her hand. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply your descendants uh, exceedingly, so that they shall not be counted for multitude. 
And uh, down in verse 13, then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, you are the God who sees. And so she said, have I also here seen him who sees me? Therefore the well was called Ber Lahai Roy. Observe, it is between Kadesh and Bereath. She's saying, I saw the Lord, the Lord saw me. So again, Hagar understood who she was speaking with at that point in time. Let's now look over at uh, the book of Numbers, chapter 22. Story of Balaam, the uh, prophet for hire. That again, uh, he would he would try to say anything or do anything that uh, uh, he was paid for. And uh, Balak uh, again, uh, he's he's the, the the king that's opposing Israel, and so uh, he hires Balaam to come and speak against Israel. He tries it a few times, but it doesn't work. And then finally, they come to the situation where, well, maybe if you try this, this will work. Well, God's anger arose against Balaam. Look down in verse 22. God's anger was aroused because he went. And who? The angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as an adversary against him. And he, Balaam, was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. Now, the donkey saw the angel of the Lord. Balaam didn't, but the donkey did. He saw him standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand, and the donkey turned aside out of the way and went into the field. Just a short side note here. Just in my experience as a believer, I've seen animals that have acted really squirrely at times, and I I really feel that sometimes those animals have a, a spiritual sense that a lot of humans don't. Well, here I'll tell you, a donkey did. Okay, the donkey did. Uh, the angel of the Lord stood in the narrow path between the vineyards with a wall on the side and a wall on that side. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pushed herself against the wall, crushed Balaam's foot against the wall, and so he struck her again. Verse 26, then the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, She just flat laid down under Balaam. So Balaam's anchor was aroused, and he struck the donkey with his staff. And this is the great part. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey. And the donkey said to Balaam, what have I done to you? Now that ought to get your attention, okay? (laughs) Maybe your dog doesn't sense spiritual things, but if your donkey started talking to you, that would get your attention. And Balaam, he's going to have a conversation with the donkey. That's, That's even stranger. Balaam said to the donkey, because you have abused me. I wish there was a sword in my hand, for now I would kill you. So the donkey said to Balaam, am I not your donkey on which you have ridden ever since I became yours to this day? Was I ever disposed to do this to you? Balaam said, well, no. Uh, In verse 31, then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing there. Uh, with the drawn sword in his hand, and he bowed his head and fell flat on his face. And on again, that conversation goes on. The donkey saw him first, then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes to be able to see again the angel of the Lord. Go on to Judges. Judges chapter 2. In Judges chapter 2, we hear again the angel, verse 1, then the angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal, to Bochum, and said, I led you up from Egypt 
and I brought you to the land for which I swore to your fathers, and I said, I will never break my covenant with you, and you shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of this land. You shall tear down your altars, but you have not obeyed my voice. Why have you done this? Therefore, I also said, I will not drive them out before you, but they shall be thorns in your side, and their God shall be a snare to you. And so it was when the angel of the Lord spoke these words to all the children of Israel that the people lifted up their voices and began to weep. The angel of the Lord came and spoke to the people of Israel. The angel of the Lord. It wasn't that he gave the message to Joshua. Joshua's not even even in the picture. It wasn't that he gave it to one of the judges. No, the angel of the Lord. Now, I understand also that the very word angel can also be interpreted messenger. We see that even when we get into Revelation, the angels of the churches there. But in this case, this individual, this angel of the Lord that we see throughout the Old Testament in these kinds of situations, I believe is a very distinct, direct person. Look still in Judges, go over to Judges chapter 6, where the angel of the Lord appears before Gideon. Judges chapter 6, and I'll show you the difference here. Down in verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Aberzite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Now, understand here, the angel of the Lord is now speaking to Gideon and says, The Lord... Jehovah, Yahweh, is with you. Just consider the dialogue there. And Gideon said to him, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? And where are all of his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then what does it say in 14? Then who? The Lord. Not the angel, but it's directly the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Well, he's still not real sure on who he's dealing with here, and he starts making excuses. My clan is small, and I'm the least of my father's house. In verse 16, Jehovah, Yahweh, the Lord, said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. And then he says, well, okay, if, if, if I found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it really is you that, that talks to me. I, I want to know that this is really God that's speaking to me. So don't leave here. I'm going to go get my offering and set it up before you. And he says, okay, I'll wait here. And so Gideon went. He prepared the young goat and, and the, flour, the unleavened bread. He put the meat in a basket and, uh, and, and broth in a pot. And he brought it out there. And the angel of God said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay it on the rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. And the angel of the Lord put out the end of his staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread. And the fire rose out of the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. And the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. Now Gideon perceived that he, the one who just left, was the angel of the Lord. 
And what did he say? So Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. He's not saying I have seen just an angel. No, I've seen the angel of the Lord. There's a special presence there. The Lord himself, I've seen him face to face. He presented this offering to them. This angel received that offering. We see all throughout the word. The difference between a theophany or a Christophany is the fact that if an angel says, no, 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 don't, don't worship me, don't bow before me, that's just a regular angel. But if that angel receives worship, then it is either a Christophany or a theophany. We'll get at that in just a moment. One more real quick, uh, still in Judges. Uh, Judges 13, Samson. The birth of Samson, his parents. Manoah's wife was, was barren. She had no children. Down in verse 3, says the angel of the Lord appeared to her, said, hey, I know you're barren. You have no children, but you're going to conceive. You're going to bear a son. And so because of that, please be careful. Don't drink wine or similar drink. Don't eat anything unclean. For behold, you shall conceive. You'll bear a son. No razor is going to come upon his head. The child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Lord. And again, uh, she goes home and tells her husband, a man of God came to me and his countenance was like the countenance of the angel of God. Now, how did she know that? Was there an understanding that, man, the very brilliance, the presence of God himself, is, is that what she's explaining? Uh, she says, I, I didn't ask where he was from and he didn't tell me his name, but he said, hey, I'm going to conceive and make sure you don't do all these things. So Manoah prayed to the Lord, said, Lord, if that really was you, show me again. And so verse 9, God listened to the voice of Manoah and the angel of God came to the woman again as she was sitting in the field. Then she ran in haste. She told her husband, look, the man of God is here again. And so in verse 11, Manoah rose, followed his wife, and they came to the man and he said to him, are you what? The man who spoke to this woman. And the angel of God, the angel of the Lord said, I am. And he said, okay, then let your words, you know, be true, and, and the boys will, you know, will take care of him and his work. And so the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, of all that I said to the woman, let her be careful. And again, gave the restrictions. And Manoah, down in verse 15, said to the angel of the Lord, please let us detain you, and we will prepare a young goat for you. The angel of the Lord said to Manoah, though you detain me, I will not eat your food. But if you offer a burnt offering, you must offer it to the Lord. For Manoah did not know that he was the angel of the Lord, even at this point. Now then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, what is your name that when your words come to pass, we may honor you? And the angel of the Lord said to him, what does he say? Why do you ask my name? seeing that it is what? Wonderful. Remember Isaiah, the names of the coming Messiah? Wonderful counselor, almighty God. It's an interesting aspect too when you throw in that passage in Isaiah. Speaking of the coming one, the Redeemer, he is also going to be called Almighty God. Jesus Christ receiving that same name, Almighty God. We pull all of these things together. There's a few more here. Uh, oh, let, let's just jump down to Joshua chapter 5. Uh, I, I love that, that story of, again, the, the events happening in, in Joshua's life. So you've got to back up because it's a little different. It doesn't say that he's the angel of the Lord. Look down in verse 5 
uh, in Joshua chapter 5, verse uh, 13. Joshua went out to kind of survey Jericho. Verse 13 of Joshua chapter 5. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man. Okay, same kind of thing that we saw there with uh, Samson's parents. A man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said, Are you for us or for our adversaries? But he said, No. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And what did Joshua do? Bam! He fell on his face. He began to worship and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? He knew automatically, Man, this is the Lord standing before me. And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandal off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. Now to, again, bring it all into balance. There's a number of places within the Old Testament where the angelic messenger was just that. He was just an angelic messenger. We understand that. We know. Uh, in that passage in First Chronicles, uh, it could have been an angel or the angel of the Lord. The way that it's uh, written there, it's really kind of difficult because, again, the death, everything is scared. However, with all the above-listed incidents, there, there, I, for me, there's enough cause uh, for us to be able to search out the differences of, of normal angel sightings and the sightings of those that are called the angel of the Lord and or the commander uh, of the army of the Lord. And if the Bible warns us that no man can see God face to face, and yet we have several incidences within the Old Testament where it seems that the individuals are literally viewing God, speaking to him face to face, if the Bible declares to us that Christ is the manifest presence of God Almighty, as a matter of fact, Colossians 1.15 is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Since normal angels don't receive worship, and yet this one who's called the angel of the Lord did receive worship, he did receive offerings. Since the appearances of the angel of the Lord end after the incarnation of Christ. Once Christ is born in Bethlehem, guess what? We don't have any more uh, angels of the Lord. We have more angels. Angels are still shown throughout the New Testament, but not the angel of the Lord. It would appear to me that those manifestations of the Lord or the angels of the Lord that we see in the Old Testament are actually and should be considered pre-incarnate appearances of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's what we call a Christophany. And again, the same idea, the manifestation of Christ who is with God from all eternity past, in some tangible human sense, whether he comes as a commander of the army of the Lord or whether he comes as, a, as an angel or rather he comes as just a traveler to, to Abraham. Again, even though he's only seen for a short time frame, most often in the Old Testament when that happens, he is seen or he's identified with a physical appearance of God. Jesus himself declared that 
before Abraham was what? I am. I am. What was the name that, that uh, there at the burning bush that God relayed to Moses to, who, who shall I say sent me? I am. I fully believe that, that, it, that it was Christ himself who ministered to Hagar, who shared a meal there at the tent of Abram under the terebinth trees of Mamre, that Jesus himself was the one that wrestled with Jacob who spoke to Moses from that burning bush, who was the encourager of Gideon. I believe that if there was a visible manifestation other than just an ordinary angel, personally, I believe it would have had to have been a Christophany, a visible appearance of the pre-incarnate Christ. Christ actively involved in the world that he created From the very beginning, he was the creating force of God, actively involved through that. And one day, he comes in human flesh to redeem the angel of the Lord coming to be born meek and lowly in a manger stall. The mighty power of Almighty God, the one who is a spirit, you worship him in spirit and in truth. The great God who no one has seen, God the Father, but is made manifest to us through the Son, Old Testament as well as New. We don't speak of him as Jesus in the Old or or as Christ in the Old, but we see the work and the move of God in a physical way. And if Christ is the image of the invisible God, it only makes sense to me that those areas that we see in the Old Testament where God reveals himself in a physical way is a pre-incarnate reality of Christ himself, second person of the Trinity. And in all that might, all that uh, uh, interaction with all of creation, this one who is God, remember, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word, what? Was God. The one who is God took upon himself human flesh, popped his tent right next to ours, and hung out with us for about 33 and a half years, and then gave his life as a sacrifice for us. Just the grandeur of that just blows me away. That through all else that he's done, through all of his creation, and the one who created was the one who redeemed creation through his life. That's what we're looking forward for. That's what Advent is all about. That's what we're focusing on, on that day when all the kids are all excited with lights and and, and paper and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? We also ought to be so excited and our minds ought to continually be driven back to the fact that God loved us so much that he sent his son to be born in human flesh in order to redeem us. Amen. Christmas time has arrived again, and with it, the typical carols, decorations, and events of the season. 
We're so glad that today you've taken the time to study God's Word with us and rejoice in the true reason for the season, Jesus Christ. How can we be praying for you during Christmas? We'd love to know, as well as how we can be joining you in praise for all God's doing. Would you give us a call? We can be reached at 520-836-9676. If you'd like to listen to more of Pastor David's teachings, you'll find them online at theopenword.com. We'd love to meet you too. Come by Calvary Chapel Casa Grande this weekend to join us for worship and Bible study. Find out more when you call us. Again, that number is 520-836-9676. As our time comes to a close today, Pastor David has a quick word of encouragement to share with you. Thanks, Chris. Any time you spend in God's Word is valuable, and I'd like to encourage you to do it as often as possible. By diving deeper into Scripture and letting it saturate your heart and mind, you'll be ready to take on your day as well as be prepared when the enemy attacks. If you're not sure where to start, you can begin by reading today's passage again, or simply begin with the Gospel of Mark, a short and simple reading. If your heart is open to the Holy Spirit's direction, you can't go wrong. Hey, thanks for tuning in today, and I hope you'll join me again next time. Thanks, Pastor David, and thank you for tuning in to The Open Word. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.